0: with Ashley Frasca.
1: Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries.
2: On 95.5 WSB. We've made it, we are one month closer to the end of the year Welcome to the November 7th edition of Green and Growing I'm your host Ashley Frasca, here for the next three hours To talk gardening and everything, turf grass, lawns, even some rock and roll How about the Rolling Stones and the Almond Brothers, we'll get to that in just a little bit And what's been going on in your landscape, I know it's probably been an exhausting week If you're Anything like some of my family members, you've watched a little too much TV this week And you've watched a lot of news coverage So what better way to bounce back from that and recover from that than getting outside Getting outside and doing something productive, enjoying the fresh air I mean, this has been a standard fall week The afternoons have warmed up really nicely You get up early in the mornings and it's maybe in the 40s, low 50s It's been awesome, it's been really good weather Nice to be outside and out and about and getting things done. And we'll talk storm cleanup too. Uh, Tropical Storm Zeta came through one week and two days ago. So driving around a lot of Metro Atlanta in the last week. It's been a busy week for me too. I've seen so many limbs still down and even trees down. I've still seen a couple of roads blocked as uh, as late as this past Wednesday. Because they just could not manage the trees that had come down So we're going to help you out with that a little bit So you don't feel overwhelmed That is the topic that Walter Reeves and I are going to cover At the bottom of the hour So of course stay tuned Fort Walter Wonders at 630 And we want your calls in the show today 404 750 Traditionally the first caller of the show When she's up and at them and available And today she is Nicole and Griffin Hey Nicole, good morning Ashley, how so you doing? Have you been extra tired this week? I mean, we've had an election We had the time change coming off Halloween last weekend Or is it a normal week for you?
3: Oh, it is not a normal week uh, Amen, uh, sister. Uh, yeah, it's just a busy week. It's just a weary week, and uh, stuff that you have to bring inside you don't want to lose. You know, it's just a busy week. Well, but let's at least...
2: let's talk about that because it did dip down into uh, I think the upper thirties one day, um, and then of course it's it's on the rebound, getting a little warmer. But I did get a lot of questions about particular. House plants and this, that, and the other You know, people already thinking about Okay, what to bring in and when Because you don't want to leave it out that one night That one night that's going to ruin the plant So what did you do?
3: Oh, I brought, like, I called you last week And I said, it is time to bring the stuff inside Because the soil is cool It's too cold for them Especially the uh, tropical They don't like no no soil cold And uh, I have some elephant ears and stuff outside that uh, it's all brown
2: Now I will say, and you gave me elephant ears and canna lilies years ago And I've got um, up against the fence at the back of the backyard I've got a line of elephant ears And the canna lilies are all really nicely planted around a pine island bed with a pine tree Since those are so established now, I don't dig them up and bring them in What say you? Oh, no, you just cut, you know, they are so strong now.
3: The root system is great, and you just leave it outside. Just uh, cut, you know, the the dead stuff. That was a great
2: thing to do after the storm, and I was back there picking everything up from the storm last weekend. um, Yeah, the canna lilies were laid over. Too tall, got beat down with the rain and the wind and stuff. So, yeah, I had no hesitation cutting those back. And the elephant ears, mine are the same. They're not quite brown yet, but they're yellow going into brown. So just go down to the base with some pruners and cut those off, right?
3: Yes, yes, yes. Um, They're not going to produce anymore. uh, And it's time to clean up, too, you know, so we don't accumulate uh, stuff that we don't want.
2: There are more and more studies when, when you say it's time to clean up It made me think of this um, And I've talked to a couple of experts on the show About it, mixed reviews, whether or not To leave the leaves Out on the ground um, And you know, there's a catch-22 You don't want to leave all the fallen leaves on the lawn Because the lawn needs Water, it needs the direct sunlight It needs all of these things And um, but just something to be said for let's not just go crazy with the blower or the rake, you know, leave some of that around large beds, maybe over flower beds as well, because it creates such an ecosystem and a habitat for, you know, birds will come down and find the insects that are overwintering in there, little frogs, you know, bunnies can get cozy under the leaves. There's there's all kinds of reasons, I guess, to, we'll clean up, but you don't have to be so tidy that there's not a leaf left on your property.
3: Oh, no. I mean, even, you know, just pick up the big and put it around your tree. Your tree needs some moisture. And uh, that's what I did. A lot of pine pine uh, needles fell off. It's just uh, use them. Make a walk away with it or uh, the stuff or just, you know, the the grass that you don't want there. Just put them on top. Pine leaves, uh, pine needles is really great.
2: And it's free. <laughs> it's free pine stuff. Yes, yes,
3: yes. <laughs> Uh, I have some, uh, I want to tell you that I was just so happy. Uh, I brought some uh, Christmas cactus inside, and they're blooming. And I was telling myself, doggone it, Uh, because it used to be only one kind, Christmas cactus. But Mr. Reeve told me, he said, now he said there's Thanksgiving cactus and Easter cactus. And I was telling
2: myself, how do they do that? Yes. They'll just put a calendar in front of them to tell them to bloom. <laughs> That's right. It's like how genetically do they get them to do that? So I'm really glad you said that. I I posted something on the Facebook page when you search "green and growing WSB" just a few days ago. Um, I had Tina reach out, and this was like around Halloween. She's like, "Why is my Christmas cactus blooming right now? It's a month and a half early." And so I thought maybe she has a Thanksgiving cactus And she gave me a picture and sure enough So we say Christmas cactus generically for all of those But now we should start saying holiday cactus Because there is, there's Thanksgiving, Christmas and Easter Based on when they bloom And when you look at this post It's going to be really, really helpful To notice and identify the shape of the leaf right? Whether the leaf is kind of more smooth around the edges Or pointed and looks almost like a crab um, or something else. So, and that's easy to pot as well, like to propagate and pot and reroot from friends. So, I am all about holiday cacti. All about them.
3: Yes, yeah, because they bring you joy. You need something that blooms, you know, all the time inside the house. But you have to take care of them really carefully in summertime, okay? Uh, The pot needs to be really tight. Uh, Don't need just a lot of dirt and a few cactus because they love to be really tight in the pot. You don't let them, no wet. I mean, just let them dry. And uh, if they're too dry, they're going to go back and uh, store, they store water in in their leaves. Mm -hmm. So that's a survival thing. But once, you know, just once in a while, just put uh, some water. Let them dry, and they need to be uh, tight. And uh, uh, many years ago, a neighbor gave me a big Christmas cactus. Okay. She said, take care of it. I said, okay. It was blooming like crazy. Mm -hmm. I took the cactus next door, maybe 50 feet. I came back, and all the bloom fell on the ground. Oh, no. I said, doggone, so Put it in one place, don't move them around because they get accustomed to the light Maybe I think it got shocked because there was too much sun outside or something That
2: could be, that's a good, that's a good recommendation, Nicole Don't put it in a place where it's going to get bumped by either your pet or your children Or where you're going to bump into it I mean, I've got a 130-pound dog and her oh. rear end is so far away from her head That sometimes she doesn't realize what her tail is going to hit, right? So I could see that being a situation Where she's just going to bump it, not mean to And you lose all the blooms And someone else had a question About their holiday cactus And said, it's not really blooming that much Why would that be? And my thought, Nicole, touched on something you just said It needs to be outside in the summertime It needs to get all that light All that warmth Really do its thing and go through its little cycle To be out in the summertime I think it's not a plant that's meant to be A house plant 12 months out of the year Would you agree?
3: Yes, they need to accumulate a lot of energy in their leaves. Don't put it in the sunshine. Put it in the shade or in front of your porch that don't have you know direct sunshine, you know, because they're going to burn. When you see a plant changing their color, the chlorophyll inside the little leaves, if it's changing color because your plant is not at the right place. Tropical needs a lot of direct sunshine. But Christmas cactus, there's a lot of plants, you know, that don't need direct sunshine
2: Yeah, and I think, folks, when you have house plants outside, you'll be able to tell It's not a fatal mistake, but you'll be able to tell if something that you've put outside is in too bright of sunshine Because you will get scalding on the leaves if you start to get a place that's faded from green and is looking a lot more yellow and then ultimately like a brown hole right in the middle of a leaf that may be a scald not a bug not a disease and just letting you know that's its way of warning you you know it's getting a little too much sun so i'm so glad nicole that you had something that made you so happy the christmas cactus it's amazing
3: yes and they didn't have no calendar in front of them to see which (laughs) monday was
2: isn't it amazing yeah mother nature and some of the the plants, like four o'clocks and things that bloom at such a specific time. I mean, I think that's just amazing.
3: If uh, once you bring your tropical inside, put it at the place when they have the right amount of light, and don't move them. Just leave them there. They get accustomed the to exactly the right amount. You move them when it comes to February, when the light. Change side the okay. length, the light change side north around February March and April you know then you change them, but once you put them in one place, it's living there. They are custom They do like us. They adjust.
2: That's good. That's good advice. Let's not make it too complicated. You know, let's just let it be and don't worry about it and walk by it, water it every now and then. But before you just walk by and water a house plant, stick your finger in the dirt. Make sure it needs it. If the soil is still pretty moist. Or the tray underneath is holding a lot of water, then it doesn't need water. So, Nicole, great conversation today. Awesome. I'm so glad you called, and I'm going to catch up with you later today. Will you be around? Uh, Yes, yes. All right, we'll do it, okay? All right. Enjoy your day. Have a good Saturday. Bye. Coming up on 619, we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather, and we'll be right back on Green and Growing on WSB. going to be a great Saturday. I just know it. I feel it. It's 623. Jason's playing some good tunes and we'll, throughout the show, be playing Rolling Stones music and Allman Brothers music and you're going to find out why. So excited. So All right, so it is 61 degrees on Peachtree Street Here in Midtown Atlanta Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz Says today the high is going to be around 73 Partly cloudy, same tomorrow No rain in the forecast until we get to about Tuesday The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing Green and
1: Growing Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca Here's your garden to-do list this week
2: Let's start with A weed control, number one The best control for a heavy infestation of annual bluegrass Also known as Poa annua Is to apply a pre-emergent weed chemical in mid-September So hopefully you did that And if you did, even if you didn't You can do it once more now So that's going to be a tough one to get rid of Pre-emergent is going to be your best bet for that Once you see it pop up and you didn't do a pre-emergent Image is a brand name for... um, Like a nutsedge, a weed killer And that's going to work on Poa annua But not as good as a pre-emergent Trying to tackle it before it even becomes a problem Number two, shred fallen leaves And spread them on your flower beds They're also good for the compost pile And I'm going to have a conversation with Walter About how to shred leaves I know that sounds so silly And many of you are probably rolling your eyes at that But I can't pile them up and run the push-behind mower over them I struggle to do that It's like trying to make the mower go vertically Somebody suggested putting the leaves in a metal trash can And then getting the weed eater in there They're all going to fly out everywhere And it's going to be like the loudest, most obnoxious noise ever So I just haven't really, uh, without a riding mower Figured out a productive way to do that But shredded leaves And even just if you can't shred them That is one of the best, most natural resources You're going to be able to use for compost For flower beds and all of that Number three stake new trees that are subject to being blown over by the strong winds that's really important and if you need to do some kind of maybe pvc piping or light fencing around them to keep the deer from rubbing up against them to keep the bunnies from chewing at them do that too give those new trees the best chance that you can for survival and make sure that newly planted trees and shrubs stay watered consistently that's on you to make sure they get at least an inch a week 4048720750 santa charlie from down in florida Good morning
1: Hey, y'all doing up there?
2: We are great How are you hanging out?
1: Oh, we're doing wonderful down here Good So I'm glad Nicole brought that up About the elephant ears and canna lilies Because that's kind of what I was wondering Can you graft?
2: Uh, elephant ear or canna lily?
1: Yeah, can you graft Could you graft those together And have a, a, a blooming elephant ear?
2: That would be super, super cool Uh, However, I don't think so But you know what? Somebody sent me My gosh, If I could go back through my messages Someone sent me, I'm almost sure It was an elephant ear that bloomed Uh It had a white bloom on it And I had to send it to Walter and be like Is this even an elephant ear? And he said it is so rare God, I hope I have the right plant I think so He said that is so rare that that actually puts a bloom on it so, yeah. yeah, I mean, it happens once in a blue moon Don't expect it, it's not a natural behavior at all But canna lilies, man, Charlie, those are those are great When those are in bloom and they actually just are starting to fade But those bright oranges and yellows and reds And up against that dark green leaf, that's beautiful
1: Yeah, a few of them do pretty good down here in the sand And I know, oh, uh, and so now, well, we get a real cold 27 So my elephant ears, when after that I cut them Pretty much down to the ground, you say
2: Oh yeah, I don't hesitate to cut those all the way down to the ground And canna lilies too I leave a little bit of a knob, like a little bit of the stem of the canna lily Just so I can tell where they're at But I put a good bed of pine straw or leaves over them To kind of insulate them And down in Florida, you got it, you got it good You know you don't have to worry about too much cold weather Well we gotta go Good to hear from you It's coming up on 6.30 and We're going to be back with Walter Reeves for Walter Wonders Stay tuned to Green and Growing here on WSB Great calls coming in from you Here, good morning Welcome to Green and Growing Brian in Atlanta calling about his yard Covered in ivy, we're going to help him out there David and Tucker, a broken heart lily That made me sad to read that It sounds so sad, but it's actually quite a beautiful plant But up first, he's gotten up early Just for us, on the phone with us Walter Reeves Walter's
1: Wondering Walter's wondering The definitive questions and answers From WSB's OG Garden Guru Walter Reeves
2: Hey, my friend, welcome back to the show. How are you, Walter? I'm doing great, Ashley. Good morning. Good morning. All right, so something I've put off for about a week asking you about, but yet folks are still reaching out to both you and I about storm damage, right, that they experienced in their yards, um, in their lawns, with some of their trees when Tropical Storm Zeta came through a week ago last Thursday. So. You know, when you could safely do so, it was okay to get out there and pick up the big limbs and kind of get the yeah, blowers yeah. and things going. Um but there was damage to so many different things. Where where would one sure. start?
1: Yeah, first I guess clean up the tree, but you know, something I want to talk about and remind me if we don't get to talk about this later. We need to go out and look at our trees to see if there's something else that could be problematic if another windstorm comes whether this year or next year at some time we always have you know, spring summer storms and summertime uh, rainstorms that are real violent sometimes wind. And the things you can look up look for up in the trees that will tell you whether or not maybe you need to bring the tree people out and look at it too and hmm. see if it needs to be coming needs to come down or come out.
2: Okay. What well, what would we be looking for?
1: I tell you the one that's really, really high on my list because one of my friends had a pine tree to fall through their house. Oh. And I went to look at the um stuff of the pine tree I couldn't quite figure out why would a pine tree snap off thirty feet in the air. Why was that? I thought to myself. And when I looked at the log when it was on the ground once it was cut down, I immediately saw what was the problem. What? It's a disease called fusiform Rust. Oh. It's very common on pine trees and the way that you normally see it down low is in the spring there'll the orange uh, spores coming out of the out of the bark of the pine tree. It's really noticeable when it's very covered in orange But over the years after that fusiform rust has been in the tree for a while, the scar Hardens over, I guess you'd say. It doesn't emit the spores anymore But the scar remains. It sort of sinks in the pine tree bar. this trunk you'll see a very distinct and sunken in part of about two of us, maybe three feet long. And when I looked at the it's a pine tree that falls to my friend's house, that was what had happened. It had a big piece of form of rust scar, thirty feet in the air, it weakened the trunk. The trunk fell off And then the wind that night was so hard It blew the top of the tree over 30 feet
2: So is that where it was weakened on the trunk Was where you saw the rust?
1: Exactly And so that is something you can do outside Look up into your pine trees And look for those distinctive Very easily seen Fusiform rust scars If you see them That's a weakened part of the trunk And it could come out in a windstorm It doesn't necessarily always come out But it is a weak part of the trunk
2: Pine trees were quite dangerous You know, large oak limbs as well But you know something else That we saw split up and down Side to side, every which way Bradford pears, oh my god uh,
1: Yeah, that and the uh, Slappers Leland, Is too uh, I have a neighbor again who uh, had a Leland cypress That fell sideways through his front yard As well, Bradford pears <sighs> I wish a storm would come That was strong enough to knock down every Bradford pear In Atlanta, <laughs> but I don't think we quite got that strong Safely, yet, of course <laughs> It would be nice um, I know it's pretty I know it blooms nice in the spring I know it has pretty foliage and everything on the Bradford pear But, go, those limbs come down unexpectedly Even in a calm day in the spring Limbs fall out of Bradford pears They are a dangerous tree
2: Yeah, I mean, the splits there just literally go Vertically, almost, you know yeah, where yeah. the Where the limb is coming out of the trunk And I want to ask you about that because Something happened to someone uh, Jen, she wrote in on the Facebook page Her Japanese maple got smashed Kind of the same mm-hmm. kind of thing When the split is just so bad And a major part of the trunk and a major limb Are taken off and you've got that exposed area A, what does Ooh. that mean for the rest of the tree? But B, what do we not do To cover up that scar And uh, you know, avoid okay. doing
1: I guess the first thing to do When you have a break in the trunk Or a limb either one Is to Clean it up, not with soap and water or anything, but with a knife, some sharp instrument you use to clean all the ragged edges and bark that's been torn away and still hanging on the tree. Clean it up so it has a nice, fresh, uh, smooth, I guess is the right word, appearance on the place where the break happened. And then, if you want to protect it, there's no spray, no paint, no tar, no nothing that does anything better than you leaving it alone and let the tree heal itself from inside that's what trees do they make cells inside the scar where the work has happened and they make cells inside of it that are very resistant to rot resistant to insects and things like that by covering it with tar you retard the whole tree healing process so we don't ever cover the, the wounds at all with tar or paint or anything
2: how long might we wait, though, to see if that tree is going to be able to heal itself over And at what point mm-hmm. do you just call it a day and the tree's done?
1: <laughs> my general rule of thumb is when it's too ugly to stand, you mm. cut it down mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, you wait till spring at least to see if any sprouts come around the, around the scar where the tree broke or anything And if no sprouts occur, I'm, I'm imagining in my head The trunk of a Japanese maple made with one or two limbs sticking out from the side we got smashed by another tree And frankly, it would probably survive for several years But it would be so ugly I would take it out replace it with a pretty nice new tree
2: And something else too Like if if the limb, if a very large heavy limb Has gotten torn away from the tree But was to yeah. the point where it wasn't really broken off yet You know, and it's tearing some of the bark yeah. How important it is to make that cut if you have to in an upwards direction rather than why you would not want to take a chainsaw or something and come down on it
1: The first rule of a chainsaw is if the limb is above your head You need somebody else rather than you That's a good rule <laughs> Okay, It's a great, great rule Don't <laughs> climb ladders with a chainsaw in your hand That said, a little sermon there <laughs> um, So yeah, when trees are hanging, when limbs are hanging in the tree it's a good idea to sort of assess where the weight of the limb is and make a cut above the weight so the limb can fall away free without binding the you know, blade of the chainsaw. And so generally for limbs that we take off, I do three cuts. The first one is upward and the second one is just above that coming downward to cut off and leave a stub on the tr- side of the tree trunk. And a third cut takes the full stub off. and We don't try to leave anything other than a little Raised bump, the callus where the Limb came out of the tree, not flush in the trunk But a little raised bump around The growth area where the uh, limb came out That's the last cut right outside That callus
2: And that's going to really help enable The tree to start to Repair itself and heal itself over Yeah,
1: Yeah, over the years The bark on all sides of that Round uh, callus area Will grow real rapidly, much more rapidly Than any part of the tree really, and it will just Old closed closer and closer and closer Until finally it closed up the hole And the tree is uh, protected fully once again
2: And I will say too There was discussion You know, whose tree? It's your neighbor's tree But the large one <laughs> fell on your property And smashed your fence yeah. Or your tree fell onto the neighbor's property There was a great um, article Written by the Georgia Arborist Association Recently about that And responsibility of whose tree And all of that So I would encourage yeah. folks To go to georgiarborist.org and check that out if they ever had any question and wouldn't want it to cause some friction between you and your neighbors. Yeah. You gotta live next to these people.
1: In general as I understand it, if the tree is on their property, it falls on your house, that's not their responsibility to pay for your house, it's your homeowner insurance that pays for it. And uh, they, you know, take care of the tree on their side, whatever's on their side of the property, but whatever falls onto your house and car and truck as your responsibility of insurance to take care of for you.
2: Whew. Well, I hope folks are recovering well, and thankfully many of them have power back on. That was a long
1: yeah, four or wow, five days
2: it? for so yeah. many people.
1: My neighbors that have a restaurant just were sort of heartbroken. They had to throw away all the food because there was power for I think two days in a row. Gee. All the food was going to spoil in their coolers, so they had to give it away, throw it away. Didn't do anything else with it.
2: Yeah. Well, I hope the rest of your neighbors too are going to be okay from that storm damage you referenced too. In particular, the one with the pine well, tree well, and one with the Leland. They're okay, right? Yeah.
1: Everybody's okay everybody's safe yeah yep.
2: good 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 all right well Walter thanks for taking the time today I think it's about time next Saturday when we revisit on the 14th to talk about the frosts and the freezes and the difference and when to bring plants in my goodness if you haven't already right, yeah. you may want to yeah. yeah. sure, hear that. you may want to hear that conversation next Saturday
1: I look forward to
2: it all right catch up with you soon you soon. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Thank you so much, Walter. Up next is David in Tucker. Good morning, David. Welcome back to the show.
4: Uh, good morning. So yes, what's... I'd uh, heard about this broken heart, Lily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came up uh, with a, a famous country songwriter. He'd written a song for his terminally ill wife, Aww. but he didn't didn't sing it to her because. The way the lyrics came out, she was uh, she'd already died.
2: Oh, that's terrible! <laughs> like I said, it's just as uh, Demarco typed it on the screen, "Broken Heart Lily," I kind of went, "Oh, that sounds so sad." Because a lily is such a bright, happy, beautiful, colorful plant. So, Broken Heart Lily is just a regular old Oriental Lily. But the the one difference about it, it's a double bloomer. So, but still, I don't know how that would give it that name. You have any guesses?
4: Uh, well, uh, from the description I heard, it's white on the outside, but if you look in the interior, it's red and it looks like a broken heart.
2: Oh, that's that's aptly named them. But wow, so what uh, do you remember? The country artist that that had this song, the name? Uh,
4: not offhand. He actually uh, just passed away about a week or so ago, and I was trying to remember the gentleman's name because he's written a lot of. Famous stuff for Johnny Cash and Chris Christopherson and such folk like that, and has his own uh, his own career. But uh, the name has escaped me. Yeah,
2: I'm trying to think because I keep up with country music pretty well, and I'm trying to think if I had heard of any you know songwriters or anything that had been in the news that had recently passed away. Well, interesting. Well, I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, regular Oriental Lily, which you know, David here, us in Zone Seven, we do really really well with those as perennials. So that may be something worth. Worth folks trying because it's usually a, a pink or a white It can be white but just a, that Double bloom on it it's unmistakable It's really nice
4: So any anything special You do with it or where could You find it because I, I certainly haven't heard It mentioned just in you know, Going to pikes and such places it just Doesn't seem to come up
2: Yeah, I I would check or maybe even ask them As they are starting to do, you know, bulb orders Maybe see if that's one variety they could get But otherwise, just the old-fashioned catalog and magazines And now I don't even know how many people get those catalogs anymore But just going online and ordering it, too And when you asked about that, that made me think of String of Hearts, too That's a really fun, succulent uh, The trails that folks have in the house And millennials are so wild about String of Hearts right now They're really getting into the houseplant craze So You had us thinking. David, thank you so much for the call. All right, we're going to take a break and check traffic and weather, and we'll be back to green and growing on WSB. Welcome back to the show and you want to know how to plan your day It is currently 61 degrees here in Midtown Atlanta And Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz Says today and tomorrow are going to be similar Partly cloudy, highs in the low 70s And lows only falling to where it is about now Low 60s as well Rain maybe enters into the forecast on Tuesday The weather update brought to you by Finley Roofing And yes, we're playing Rolling Stones music And Allman Brothers Band music today Because Chuck Lavelle joins us The world-famous keyboardist for those bands And countless others Half of the songs you hear on the radio May very well have Chuck Lavelle playing the keyboard So he is coming up at 7 o'clock as my celebrity gardener I can't wait Really looking forward to an interesting conversation with him And he is so relevant to gardening So many of you don't know his connection It's a big one And he's local, right here from Middle Georgia So we're going to talk to him in just a little bit But up first, we are going to talk to Brian in Atlanta Good morning, thanks for calling the show, Brian
0: Good morning, Ashley. I appreciate you and Walter and WSB in this show. It's a breath of fresh air after all the chaos we've had.
2: Yeah, and like this week has been nuts, so I, you know, open the show by telling folks, get outside, get away from the election coverage on TV, get outside. That's my plan. That's my plan. Um,
0: So um, we have a a half-acre lot. It's all hardwoods, very dense, and the previous owners dumped about uh, 10 truckloads of mulch in the backyard, and that's about five years old now, and growing in that mulch is tons and tons of ivy. Oh no. And well the ivy we don't we don't mind the ivy. What we mind is the weeds that are competing with the ivy. We've tried everything we know to do outside of poisoning the whole yard. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. We can't pull the weeds fast enough. They grow so fast. Right. Because the yard's so fertile. Uh, is there something I can put down to prevent the weeds?
2: I would recommend a pre emergent chemical um, because the ivy is not growing from seed. It's just going to continue to sprout roots off of the runners oh, really? and the vines. Yeah, so a yeah. pre emergent chemical will not at all. Impact ivy but it'll get Down underneath the ivy into the soil And it's probably about twice a year You're going to want to use a pre-emergent and Most of those weeds that you're dealing with Are coming from seeds so that's why the pre-emergent Is going to interrupt their life cycle Before the seeds can even germinate so that's Probably going to be your best bet because yeah Selectively spot spraying the weeds I mean you you risk you know Doing a lot of more harm than good Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ivy is pretty tough. I mean, you can go at it with glyphosate, like a Roundup product, and a lot of it's still going to survive and come back. Yeah,
0: but... we've we've done that, done the spot thing with the with the Roundup and other stuff. And uh, I was a, I was afraid of the pre-emergent that wouldn't kill the ivy, but if that's going to work, that's what we'll do.
2: Yep, ivy does not spread from seeds, so um, now it does flower. You know, in the fall, it has some really cool right. little white flowers and things. But um, no, yeah. that's going to be safe to do to keep the ivy protected, but get a handle on the weeds.
0: Well, Ashley, I appreciate you. You rock. I hope you guys have a great weekend. <laughs>
2: Thank you so much, Brian. Good to hear from you. Call anytime, and we will get back to calls, 404-872-0750. But a full show left for you, two more hours to go. So as I said, Celebrity Gardener coming up at 7 o'clock. I promise it's a conversation with famous musician and the tree man, Chuck Lavelle. You're not going to want to miss that. And then Pike Nursery comes up at 8.30 towards the end of the show And they are ready for Christmas And they're ready to get you in the holiday spirit Get you thinking about it You're taking down the Halloween decorations We're almost done with storm clean up So it's time to move on to the next thing 404-872-0750 404-872-0750 And follow the conversation On the Facebook page as well If you're on Facebook looking at your phone this morning Just search green and growing WSB And there I post a lot of fun Interesting stuff and we can engage And kind of go back and forth If you're too shy to call on the radio That's your next best bet Plus you can send uh, pictures of plants You need help with or identified And I'll try to help you there too Almost 7 o'clock right here on WSB